It's time, D-Heads! Disney Blue presents The Diz Radio Show. Every week, Diz Radio lets you relive the magic, movies, and memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic entertainment, newest hits, retrospects, and breaking news on Hollywood's latest. So put on those ears, strap on the proton packs, beware of Lost Boys, jump on a hoverboard, and flip that dial to the Disney Sunday movie. The Diz Radio Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, we have leapt into March. Yes, we got through leap year, through February, through the cold, and into the spring. And I am ready to have a shamrock shake here in the studios because we are going to kick into March, or so to say, here this week. Because we have somebody that's stopping in who you may know as an action star from the 90s with movies like The Perfect Weapon, The Expert. He has also been inducted into the Black Belt Hall of Fame. He is a grandmaster in the American Kempo Karate System and created the Kempo 5.0 martial arts system. We have none other than Jeff Speakman stopping in here this week to jump into March. And Jeff and I are going to sit down and talk about a variety of different things. As you know, this is one that is near and dear to my heart, being a martial artist myself. So I am excited to talk about the yin, the yang, the dragons, the tigers, so many different things, including self-defense in the martial arts, as well as martial arts for sport, the integrity and discipline of the martial arts, how he got started into the martial arts, as well as all the different movies he's been part of, like The Perfect Weapon, and even maybe a dress a little rumor that I heard that Speed with Keanu Reeves was originally written and developed for him. So I am excited to tackle all of this with Jeff Speakman later on in the show. And as I mention every single week, because I tend to ramble on and on and on, yes, no show would be complete without the D-Team, and we have the full D-Team here to kick off this show. Yes, I want to keep using those martial arts puns because we have none other than Frank, Cody, Aaron, Jeremy, and Dominic all stopping in here this week with their signature segments, bringing you music, movies, fun, reviews, insights, so many different things from the D-Team as you have come to know and love. So it is a fun show as we are jumping into March here this week. So I am just going to kick it off because I am excited for this one. There's a lot of things I want to unpack with Jeff Speakman here later in the show. So I want you to grab that board. I want you to practice your board breaks, tie up your black belts, or maybe a tangerine belt, a yellow belt, whatever belt you have. Maybe get into that martial arts gear, or if you're not a martial artist, pop in that action movie of your favorite genre right there, you know, with people kicking and punching and having a blast. And let's officially kick off show number 257 for the week of March 1st, 2024, and let's start it off no other fitting way than the perfect weapon way and knowing that you've got the power. You have learned only half of what I teach, Jeff. You're strong, you're quick, but you're only a tiger, not a dragon. The tiger does not think, therefore it cannot act. It can only react, respond. The tiger is strong and fearless, but it cannot initiate action. That is the difference between man and tiger. Tiger is what I know. The dragon is also very strong, but full of wisdom. The dragon fears what its strength can do. This is the tiger. This is the dragon. The dragon always 
choice. The tiger, never. I have shown you the dragon, but you have not seen it. on the street. Give me your money now, sucker. Except for one thing. Want my money? Huh? Is this what you want? He has a slight attitude. No problem. Paramount Pictures presents international Kenpo star, Jeff Speakman. should be more respectful of our organization. Is there a problem here? Yeah. Guess so. Hey, Terminator, I don't know where you came from, but you better go back. Those guys are golden this. You're a dead man. A tragedy he could not prevent. Cam! It's a signature execution. We've seen it before. Leads him into a forbidden world with nothing to rely on but his own lethal skills. Who killed Kim? You cannot handle this by yourself. Who said it never hurt to ask? Everybody in Koreatown knows Young killed Kim, dick. Tracy. Now, we are ready. Young and I have some unfinished business. I will finish it. 
has no gun. No fear. Are you faster than a speeding bullet? No equal. No problem. In his explosive motion picture debut, Jeff Speakman is the perfect weapon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another installment of Diz Radio's Quote of the Week. This week's special guest, Jeff Speakman. He was born November 8th, 1958, and he is an American actor and martial artist in the American Kenpo and Japanese Gyoru, earning black belts in each. Now, between 2008 and 2018, he was president of the International Kenpo Federation. Now, Jeff Speakman was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois, where he was a springboard diver at John Hersey High School and achieved All-American status. He graduated from Missouri Southern State College. Now, Speakman started acting in 1988 and had his first main role in 1991 with the release of The Perfect Weapon. He followed this up with a feature film, Street Night. In the United Kingdom, this movie was released straight to video in 1993. Other action films followed, including The Expert and Deadly Outbreak. Now, this week's quote of the week comes from that movie that he started his career with, The Perfect Weapon. I really want to kill you, but you're not worth it. Remember, have a magical week. Hey, D-heads, you're listening to the Diz Radio Show, taking you into a journey of pure imagination through your lifetime of memories. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of the dreams. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. All right, all of you D-heads, I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 257 for the week of March 1st, 2024. And I am excited here this week. I have my shamrock shaking hand here in the studios. I am having a blast. We are officially through February, through the leap day, into March, getting that much closer to spring. And I have a spring in my step because as a fellow martial artist here, I am excited to talk with the Black Belt Hall of Fame, Grandmaster in American Kempo Karate, action star from movies like The Perfect Weapon, Street Night, and more, Jeff Speakman stopping in here at the show very shortly. And Jeff is going to stop in, chat with me. I'm excited to sit down and get into the mind of a fellow martial artist about a variety of different things, including a rumor I heard that Speed with Keanu Reeves was originally developed for him. So I want to get into a lot of different things and unpack so much with Jeff Speakman here at the show. We also have the D-Team stopping in, as always, with Frank, Aaron, Cody, Dominic, Jeremy, all stopping in with their signature segments, fun, wit, wisdom, music reviews, movie reviews, and so much more from the D-Team. And always, we have you, the D-Heads. You tune in every single week. You are the reason we are back here for 14 years. Yes, 14 years of Diz Radio. It is amazing. So I am definitely having fun here as well. So all of you D-Heads, I am keeping this segment very, very short here. But before I do that, You already know I'm going to do it because I want you to stay connected with us. And you can always stay connected by visiting our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news feeds, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect with us all over the social media outlets on X, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, you name it. We are everywhere. Just search Diz Radio and find us as well. And if you want to get swag, 
prizes, Blu-rays, autographs. We give away prizes every single week to our top engagers on our Facebook page. All you have to do is go to facebook.com slash the Diz Radio Show. Follow us and you will get prizes if you are one of our top engagers that week. So it is definitely a fun way to stay connected with us here at the show all throughout the week. And if you want to get the latest shows as they get released to your phone, your mobile device, you name it, all you got to do is go to the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio app, just any podcast app of your choosing. Search Diz Radio, hit subscribe, and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your device to listen to. And yes, I talk fast. So if you couldn't remember any of this, just go to DizRadio.com, that's D-I-Z Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. I am keeping it really, really short. There is a lot that I want to unpack with Mr. Speakman very shortly here at the show. We have the D team. Now, as I mentioned, I am a martial artist, so I'm excited for this. And normally I give you guys all kinds of stories. Now, if you go back to our Rendy Heller uh, show a couple of weeks ago, you can listen to a great story, how I ripped my doughbuck while practicing and testing and so much more. So you can listen to those stories. But I wanted to give you all the different ways to stay connected here at the show right away, keep the show flowing, so there's not much more here that you have for me. I just wanted to get it out of the way, welcome you to the show, because I have a list, a really long list of things I want to talk about coming up here with our guest here this week. So, that's all you get out of me here this week. I am going to continue on with the Shamrock Shake, sit back a little bit, release the reins to the D team, and when I come back, I'm going to have Jeff Speakman, Black Belt Hall of Fame, Grand Master in American Kempo Karate, and so much more stopping in here at the show. I'm excited to talk about all the different things that he's been part of, including that I loved watching in the early 90s, The Perfect Weapon, so much more. So it's going to be a blast. So let's just keep the show rolling here, all of you D-heads, and let's continue on and press on, or should I use a karate punt? Let's kick on. Let's punch on. Let's break a board on. I don't even know which one to say anymore. But let's kick on for show number 257 for the week of March 1st, 2024. Jeff Speakman is the perfect weapon. A cop who does things his way. The city is about to explode. But there's one man who knows no limits. Next cop ought to know enough to stay out of the gang business. Only a fragile truce keeps the peace. April wants war. The city will burn. Now, there's a new threat. Status? All clear. Organized. Let's go! Equipped. Deadly. Renegades out for revenge on the city. This land all talk of a gang truce. They keep our friends in the department busy. But they didn't count on one man willing to fight to hold his world together. Now it's my turn. No one benefits from war, eight ball. Barrett's dropped out of sight. You lost them. You'll find them. I want double shifts on the streets. I want every rock turned over and every door kicked in. I want Barrett. So what are you going to do? Whatever it takes. The perfect weapon, Jeff Speakman. We got the blast on. I say we hit him now. I want the war to begin. You're not that big. Think about it. Heroes don't come easy. Street Night. Hello, everybody. This is Martin Cove. You all may know me as John Kreese. But just remember, no mercy. And you're listening to Diz Radio. 
You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, you D-Heads have been busy sending in questions, so let's reach into the virtual mailbag and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Journey Headfelder of Utah and writes, Diz Radio, recently you posted about Surf Ninjas on the social media page. I have never seen this movie or even heard of it. I saw it has Leslie Nielsen in it. Is it worth a watch? Also, isn't the main guy from Sidekicks or Electric Dragon or something from Disney? Well, Surf Ninjas is a 1993 film. Film stars Ernie Reyes Jr., Rob Schneider, Nicholas Cohen, and Leslie Nielsen. Surf Ninjas follows two teenage surfers from Los Angeles who discover their crown princes of an Asian kingdom and reluctantly follow their destinies to dethrone an evil colonel who rules over the kingdom. Though critics didn't think much of this film, I kind of think it's a fun film to watch. And the actor you're asking about is Ernie Reyes Jr. And he was part of Sidekicks, which was a spinoff of the Disney special The Last Electric Night. And the Sidekicks show ran from 1986 through 1987. And he was also in the movie The Last Dragon, which was from 1985. And you might also remember him from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 from 1991. And he was actually the martial arts stunt double for Donatello in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990. Well, our next question is from Nicholas Yellner from New York City, and he writes, Aaron, the recent shows of 2024 have been a banger. Love them all. Question on Mortal Kombat. The OG movie was a blast from my past, and I do actually love the new remake as well. I know they made a sequel to the OG movie that was so-so. My question is, why did most of the cast change for the sequel? I think that's why it flopped so hard. Thoughts? Well, the movie you're referring to is called Mortal Kombat Annihilation from 1997. It's largely adapted from the 1995 video game Mortal Kombat 3. Annihilation follows Liu Kang and his allies as they attempt to prevent the malevolent Shao Kahn from conquering Earthrealm. It stars Robin Chow as Liu, Talisa Soto as Katana, James Reamer as Raiden, Sandra Hess as Sonya Blade, Lynn Red Williams as Jax, and Brian Thompson as Khan. Only So and Soto reprise their roles with the other characters recast from the previous film. It's hard to know exactly why most of the cast didn't return. I have seen a couple different reasons why the, the recast happened. First off, the script didn't read well and it kind of had flop written all over it so a lot of the actors just decided they didn't want to be part of a bad film. And the main reason that I read is that the actors simply wanted a large salary and the production company was not willing to pay them that amount. Either way, I'm not sure the original cast could have helped this film very much. It's okay, but it's definitely not as good as the original. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Send all your questions and comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at bizradio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads... Laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Have a great week. Cooper. Our dealings with... Dressed envelope to... Davis and Kirk. Right down that... They were ordinary California kids who got the surprise of their life. 
when someone gave them the power of the ninja. Sorry. Now they have to be all that they can be. Because they're America's newest secret weapon. Why do you keep calling us that? Surf ninjas. Ah! It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Never mess with sorrow. Rated PG starts Friday, August 20th at a theater near you. The Kempo 50 family is a group of people from all around the world who care deeply about being a true and real martial artist and pursue the values of being a black belt passionately. In the Kempo 50 system, our success is creating success in others. In Kempo 5.0, we recognize that the balance of wisdom, strength, and kindness is the way forward for all of us. Please come and join us in the Kempo 5 family and make the world a better place. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Diz Radio special guest. All right, all of you Diz Radio fans, you tuned in for another installment here at the Diz Radio Show, bringing you the magic and memories from everything throughout your life, whether that is a practicing martial artist, television, movies, pop culture, whatever has affected you in your entire life that still resonates with you. And with us here this week is no stranger to any of that. He is a practicing Kempo martial artist. You know him also from great movies like The Perfect Weapon, The Expert, He's in the Black Belt Hall of Fame. So much more. We have none other than Jeff Speakman here. Welcome to Diz Radio. Hello, sir, and uh, this is wonderful. I want to thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with you and, and all your listeners. Oh, it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, seriously, your resume continues to impress from all over the board. And myself, being a practicing martial artist as well, it's just one of those where, you, you know, I was a young kid, uh, you know, what 1991-ish so I was probably a sophomore in high school and I watched The Perfect Weapon and I was like you know what I want to do martial arts so it is it, it affected my entire life so I guess with that said how did you get started into martial arts first and foremost you know going way back into those recesses of uh, of your memory yes well um kind of a big answer here so I'll try to keep it short but um I graduated from high school uh, up in the Chicago area in 1975 during all my high school years and well before that, in the summer, I would be a competitive springboard diver. And in the winter, I was on the gymnastics team. So when I left and went to college in Joplin, Missouri, to go to Missouri Southern State, then college, now university, um, I was either going to go into some kind of competitive or professional dance or into martial arts because they were both movement oriented uh, and, and it would fit in the passions of how I grew up. And then um, I have a roommate for like over a year going to college. And then I find out at the end of that year that this guy's a black belt in a Japanese martial art called Goju. And I thought that was so cool that I knew this guy that well for a whole year. And I never even knew he knew martial arts. And I said, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. So he began to teach me. And then we got to a certain point and he contacted his old instructor, a guy by the name of Lou Angel, who brought Japanese Gojiru to the Midwest. 
and opened one of the first karate schools in the United States in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, he was retired from teaching, but he was the night sergeant at a little town outside of Joplin called Webb City. And so he took me on as a student, but our lessons were in the abandoned jail cell of the Webb City Police Department. No windows, one string coming down off the ceiling with a light bulb hanging on it. And that was how I began martial arts. That, you know, that's amazing, too, because it's one of those where, you know, you, you uncovered it, you know, so uniquely. But then, of course, you know, really just learning it down and down and dirty and like the smallest little place. And it's just you're focused on the art itself. I mean, and, and when you started learning this and practicing it, um, I guess how ingrained did it really start really kicking in like that first day, that first month where you finally like, okay, this is something that uh, I foresee the rest of my life already. And that's exactly how I thought. And that was from day one. So the moment I walked into that world, I was completely sold. Now, a little bit of backstory is I was a huge all, all through high school and before I was a huge fan of the old Kung Fu television series with David Carradine, as I'm sure you might remember. And I really thought that that would lend itself well to the kind of learning that would help me to have a better life, you know, a more successful life because of the things I was learning from watching the show. I wanted to pursue that. So I had a, a, a preference to begin with to get into martial arts. Then you enter the opportunity of directly learning from a guy like Lou Angel who in 1963 got his third degree black belt directly from Gogen Yamaguchi in Tokyo, Japan. And Yamaguchi was the famous guy who started Japanese Gojuru. There is an Okinawan Gojuru that's been around much longer than Japanese Gojuru. But um, so, so here's this opportunity, fall out of the sky, Joplin, Missouri from Chicago. I mean, what are, what are the chances of that? Right. So, so I went into it just straight on. And as soon as I got in there, I just fell in love with it. And I knew in one way or another, I'd be doing this all my life. Well, and once you get that taste of the martial arts too, it, it is one of those things where, you know, it really just starts to shape who you are. You start to look at the world differently and things like that. And of course, for you, you know, it, it has been fruitful and you have continued on for all these years. And for some of our listeners who, you know, they're not practicing martial artists, but they know you from things like The Perfect Weapon. Um, what was it like later on in life? So finally getting this uh, this chance to be, in, you know, an action star and bring something that was different because we've seen kickboxing. We saw Karate Kid. We saw all these different things. But this was the first time we were going to see Kenpo in a film. Right, right. Um, it, the best way I can describe those days, were they were just magic. Um, you, I'm sure, know, maybe your listeners do or don't know, but there was a guy named Ed Parker who opened the first commercial karate school in the United States. He brought Kenpo here from Hawaii in 1954, eventually became known as the father of American karate brilliant guy and so i i moved to california in the summer of 1983 just to study tempo and i knew ed parker lived in the la area and because back in the original days of karate there were like you know four or five guys that opened karate schools and lou angel was one and he was good friends with ed parker back in the day so when I graduated, he said, look, if you want to make martial arts your life, you should move to California and study Kempo from Ed Parker because he's the best in the world. 
wrote me a letter of introduction. The June of 1983, I walked into the big, huge auditorium in Long Beach, California, where he was putting on uh, the International Karate Championships, the IKC, one of the greatest tournaments ever in the world. And walked up to him, met him, bowed very deeply and respected, handed him the letter from Lou Angel. He read it and said, I'm so happy to hear from Lou Angel and you're one of his black belts. He gave me his home phone number and said, give me two weeks to get past this, the tournament. Give me a call and I'll get you started. And that that was the beginning of our relationship. Well, and, and that's amazing, too, to be, you know, going there with this letter of recommendation kind of on a blind whim. I mean, was part of you like scared at the moment too? You kind of out there, you're like, I have no clue what's going to happen. Oh, it was a big roll of the dice. But what allowed me to do that is it took me six years to get a four-year degree at Missouri Southern because I paid for it myself. And so I would have to take time off and work two or three jobs and then go back. But the, But although it took six years, at the end of the day, I was completely free. I could make a decision about where did I want to live? Where did I want, what did I want to do? I could go back to Chicago. There was a job there waiting for me, but I wanted to pursue a life of martial arts. And then I knew I would get work doing other stuff. Never, ever thinking that I would be in movies or become a personal student of Ed Parker or any of that. So I sold my car in Missouri to pay for the U-Haul to throw my stuff in the back and, moved to California where I lived with a friend and started my journey in Kempel. Well, and, and you know, that right, right there, then that circles back, you know, you're in California then and the perfect weapon hits and you, nobody knows, you know, who Jeff Speakman is yet. You know, we've seen Van Damme, we saw Seagal, we saw all the other names out there. And then all of a sudden there's this new kid on the block, Jeff Speakman. What was it like being on the set? And like, how different was it from practicing martial arts to having to implement that as an action star where it has to be slightly different for that screen and the camera? Well, it was an amazing feeling. Of course, the enormity of what I had accomplished once Paramount picked up my deal gave me four. I had a four picture deal with Paramount, although I only did one, the perfect weapon, which is what you're referring to. It was released in March of 91 but we filmed it in November and December and October of 1990. So Ed Parker was on the set with me every day. I did any kind of martial arts scene. We met many times during the week at his house to go over fight scenes and we choreographed them together. <clears throat> and it was, that was at the end of me going to his house every week for three and a half years to take private lessons from him with three other people. So to answer your question more now, what it was like doing the art of tempo on film, the struggle that we had, and I think we did a really good job with it, is to maintain the integrity of the art of tempo in film, because often you throw a lot of the stuff you do out the window to sacrifice that for a camera angle or a better shot or a whatever. Well, we, we didn't do that. We really changed how to film martial arts fight scenes by really making it real and adjusting and adapting the position of the cameras and the lenses, et cetera, et cetera, to be able to pick up what we do as opposed to us changing our martial art for the ease of cinematography. So it was very, very challenging in that. And just the final point to, to short sort of put an exclamation point on that. Normally with stuntmen, 
and the stunt coordinator, second unit director, is a fifty was then a fifty degree black belt in Kempo Karate and very close to Ed Parker, and his name is Rick Avery. So Rick knew what I was trying to accomplish, so he brought stuntmen in who he knew would fit that moment. Now, when a stuntman does a reaction to a fight scene, you'll you can watch this very clearly on other movies. They take like a hit to the face. They rock their head because, of course, they're not getting hit. They put a sound effect in. And then they turn and look back to wait for the next hit. And they see it coming and they react in the next and the next. We didn't do that. We did it from the other way around. So we had training sessions with the stuntman for men for whatever scene. I had the scene choreographed and I would go over the sequence of events I was doing on that stuntman, he and I teach him the reactions to the hits. Then, you know, we'd rock his head back, left, right, kick to the abdomen and kick the knee, something like that. And we would practice that over and over and over where he didn't have to look at me. So he would just react as quickly as he could. And I would match his reaction as opposed to his reaction act, uh, reacting to me. And that's how we got the fight scenes made so realistically and so consistent with the theme and theory of Kempo Karate. Well, and, and with that too then, because, you know, it is so consistent and it's fast and it, it it's believable. It's not just simple, you know, simple cheesy kicks and throws, you know, things like that. And, you know, and some of those scenes, you know, you can express some of that. So like, you know, when you're defending against, you know, the the guys holding you up with, you know, to take your wallet or even in the beginning, um, you know, practicing Kempo and that opening scene there, you know, how long did, did you practice that just to get that right? Or is that just something that you practice on a regular basis where you're like, all right, cameras, let's roll. This is natural. Um, it's, it was easy because those were actually a combination of moves from two different advanced katas in Kempo. We number them. So it's form four and form six. I put those together, but in the middle, I come to a horse stance and I do a series of stationary hand moves like parries and heel palm strikes just very, very quickly. But those were moves strictly from a Gojiru kata called Tensho. Now, I knew that Lou Angel would be sitting in the movie theater in Joplin, Missouri, watching his student star in a movie for Paramount. And so I did that specifically to salute him and to show respect to him uh, because nobody would know what that is other than Gojiru guys. But he knew I was doing that talking right to him. And after the movie came out, I spoke to him and he said, man, my chest was out to here, beaming with pride. And then you did that and it brought tears to my eyes. And I thought, okay. You know, now I've done something meaningful in life. Well, you know, and with that too, then, because, you, you know, you paid that tribute, that silent tribute to him, you know, it feels like a, a big, I guess, full circle and a round of, I guess, fulfillment that way, even for him, you know, being proud as well. And and with that, then, with the perfect weapon, the one thing is one of the themes, you know, before we move on to other things I definitely want to talk about is, you know, the concept of the the tiger and the dragon, because, these are concepts that I I love, and these are concepts I, I live by as well because, you know, I was born near the dragon, as cliche as that sounds, but it's something I've looked into because I was born near the dragon. So, you know, for me, it's been a big part of my life, and when I saw that in a movie, I'm like, oh, wow, this is this is beyond awesome. So what was it like, you know, 
bringing that to the screen and then doing these, you know, the, this little story almost about the difference between the tiger, the dragon, and throughout the movie, how he's flip-flopping with this, this grappling with it in his mind. I guess, what was it like bringing that to the screen for the mass public? Yes. Um, and I'm so glad that you noticed that and brought that up because it's a, and, and usually non-martial artists won't really get that like you got it. And as you know, these have been symbols in the Chinese martial arts, predominant symbols for thousands of years and many, many generations beyond that. So, and it plays out in different ways. You see the closed right hand covered by the left open hand. That's the common Chinese martial arts show of respect where your closed hand is called the warrior and your open hand is called the scholar. And if you notice, your open hand covers the closed hand. So the scholar covers the warrior. The scholar leads the warrior in battle. So you think and then you fight. You always try to lead with a smile and a handshake, but you back it up with something like Kempo. And you're a formidable opponent in the street, but you don't go out to prove that. You go out to prove that you can use the combined strength of the tiger, the dragon, the close fist, the open hand. And you can go through life that way. That's really what the martial arts is all about. The stuff we see now, which is the UFC and MMA and all that, that's martial fighting. And, and in my opinion, MMA should be called MMF, mixed martial fighting, because there's nothing artistic in what they do. So the, the, the art of it has much more to do with being human. And engaging in life in a human way that we help to make the world a better place instead of just for ourselves, we sacrifice things for ourselves to make it better for others. And if we use that metaphor from martial arts as a way to look at the world, I can't help but think that we would live in a much better world and a much better country than we do today. Definitely. You know, and, and like you said, you touched point about that. So I'll divert a little bit from, you know, talking about the movie series, but that's going to bring me to, you know, sports martial arts versus, you know, uh, martial arts in terms of your daily life and practice. And it's two very different concepts. And I'm not going to say one is right, one is wrong, because I'm not going to go down that path. But they are very different concepts. And, you know, for myself, to me, it's more of a principles to live your life by every single day. Something where I am actively thinking about it. I am living my life as a martial artist. I'm not trying to win a match. I guess you'd kind of touch base upon that. What is your take of the difference between sports martial arts and, you know, traditional practicing martial artists? Yes. Uh, you know what? I think you just summed it up beautifully. I mean, those are literally the words I use to express the difference. My, um, concern or my focus let's say is that that difference which you so eloquently displayed for all of us is largely lost on the public now when i speak in groups of martial artists other than my tempo 5 group because i already know how i think um that duality and almost duplicitous position that you just laid out is largely untalked about and when i talk about you know, a martial artist is somebody who makes the world a better place and a martial fighter is somebody who fights to cause a person to fall so they can gain. And that duality uh, is very, very seldom looked at and talked about. When I bring it up, sometimes I get standing ovations from it because there's so many people who are 
as you have just articulated, real martial artists, something I profess to be and pursue, who have been so frustrated with losing the real meaning of what it is to be a martial artist to this martial fight thing. And so now I'm the voice for that. And I speak up very loudly about achieving your uh, causing achievement through being a martial artist, not a martial fighter. Let's let's be sure we talk about how different those things are and how that can shape your life. And then your life shapes the lives of the other people that you impact. And then the world's going to get better. The world's going to get worse. It's a choice that you make. You have the power to make that decision of how you want to be in the world. And that's what I want to influence. Definitely. And that's the kind of thing, too, where, you know, people like yourself are bringing that up to to many people. And, you know, you might get that person in the audience who, you know, they have been looking for more. Maybe they're like, you know, they're part of their martial arts journey and they're like, this is just a bunch of fighting. This isn't what I wanted it to be. And after listening to you, they might be like, you know what, that is a path that I want to go down now. With that too, then, you know, I look at it as, you know, you do have to practice defending yourself. That is part of the martial arts, you know, but bringing it back to like what you said, the difference between fighting and a martial artist would be, you're going to spar, you're going to do whatever. And then you're also going to help and lead that other person and explain to them how they could have countered better against you and actually educate and grow together, not just figuring out that you got the best of somebody. Yeah, that is so well said. It really is. And that really sums up exactly the experience I have from pursuing. Uh, this is now my 46th year as a professional martial artist. Th- that is what I went into it for. That is the sliver of the pie that I have chosen to pursue. And now that I'm at this place in my life, I am gaining a lot of headway because there are so many people who really internally feel the same as you and I, and they don't know where to go and they can't find it. So when I meet and find people like you and others who understand that difference and really want to pursue traditional great martial arts with practical street application to their art, this is a really important thing we should talk about later, um, they are automatically drawn to what we do. We're in 21 countries and people from all over the world are drawn for the right reasons that want to contribute to the energy that I'm and you and I both are talking about. How can I join with an international group who wants to make the world a better place? And you are accepted in our group, our 5 family, we call it, because of the content of your character, not because of how many stripes on your black belt or how many tournaments you've won or how many people you beat up. It's the content of your character that brings you home to us. And I judge your content of character by how you treat the other people in your 5-0 family. I can just observe how you are with us. And I can say, okay, you belong with us. You don't belong with us. Or, or you don't belong with us because of this reason. If you would like to change, you're welcome to stay. If not, you got to go somewhere else. I, I'm, you know, I'm past that, way past that that point of where I'm willing to sacrifice my personal integrity to get people in the door, get more money or any of that nonsense. 
We're going to do it this way and we're going to live our lives this way and we're going to live in support and help for one another or you got to go find someplace else. Well, definitely. And that comes back to also, like you said, just getting, you know, people through the door, things like that. And those are things that you have to kind of wrangle in where do they want to grow? Do they want to shape themselves? Otherwise, you're just teaching somebody that might not have that moral integrity or compass how to hurt somebody else, which in the end isn't going to benefit the world. No, it'll do the opposite, of course. We, we have been able to create a system where, for lack of a better expression, we weed those people out. <clears throat> I don't need that crap in my life. I'm not going to, you know, I'm 66. I, 11 years ago, I had stage four throat cancer. I made it through that. And whatever heartbeats I got left on this earth, I know exactly how I'm going to spend them. I could do it with 5,000 students from around the world, or I could do it with nobody. But I'm doing it this way. And if, if that's appealing to you, then you need to seek us out. If not, don't come over here because you're not going to like me. I'm not going to like you. So let's not waste any time. Just move on someplace else where you can buy black belts, which I'm telling you, it's everywhere. Of course, you know that. And embarrassingly, it's very prominent in the art of Kempo Karate now, uh, all these years, 35 years after Ed Parker died. But if that's what you want, stripes on your belt, walk around, you know, with your chest all pumped up because you've got an eighth or a ninth or a tenth degree black belt, don't come here. Go go someplace else, open the checkbook, and you will get what you want. Well, definitely. And you're going to get what you want when it comes to getting those stripes and those things. And like you said, buy a black belt, which is something prominent. But that's also going to circle me right into, you know, yes, you're a martial artist. Yes, you want to live your life in a certain code. But... You are learning how to defend yourself, how to bring it practically to the street, especially in the way society is now. And, you know, how do you bring that artistic side to street knowledge now so it is just as effective to your students? Yeah. And man, you just nailed it. I'm, I'm going to tell you and everybody listening, that is exactly what we have accomplished. Kempo in the older days, in the 60s and 70s, it was clearly known certainly throughout the u.s and many parts of the world this is the street fighting martial art you know you can yes many of those people went in tournaments and did great and won this and that and blah 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 but this is an art made for the street that if you digress from that yes you can take it into competition then enter the gracie family with their jujitsu and eventually the machado family who gracie's came here in 91 and they just shoved it right down our throat Kempo had no ground system to speak of at all whatsoever. So we are the ones that took Kempo to the ground. We have evolved it now, as Ed Parker requested all his black belts to continue to evolve the art to keep it relevant to the day and the time. We have done that. So we have inculcated throughout the system of Kempo ground fighting. So there are many days you could come in and watch a Kempo 5-0, which is my system, school. We have schools in 21 countries. And you'll see all kinds of groundwork, you know, passing the guard and arm bars and rear naked jokes and knee bars and everything, because we brought that skill set in and made it indigenous now to the art of Kempo. So it is different than jujitsu and different than MMA, but it is a lot of the same. So when you look at it from 30,000 feet, you'll see us passing the guard and then going to a rear naked chuck. Well, you see that at every, you know, jujitsu school and MMA school around the world. But we do the ground different. And because 
we do ground street fighting, we learned what the rules were of MMA and jujitsu. And then we created techniques that violate those rules because you are involved in a martial sport, not a martial art. And by that definition, you have rules. Now, all I've got to do is learn your rules and I find out where you're vulnerable. And then I created, we collectively created self-defense techniques that wind up being tempo on the ground. But in order to achieve that, we had to bring a huge skill set of jiu-jitsu and MMA into the art of Kempo. But we didn't do Kempo Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and jiu-jitsu Thursday, Friday. We, we combined them into one single art, which turned out to be the fifth evolution of Kempo Karate, hence the name Kempo 5.0. Well, and like you said, it's one of those where you have to learn the other martial arts so you know how to deconstruct them and then kind of pinpoint those weaknesses, which is no different than what they're trying to do with, you know, against Kempo. So it's it's that evolution of constantly knowing what to do, especially in today's society where at any point you're going to have to defend yourself against more than one person nine times out of 10. So with that then too, you know, because, you know, all these different elements and the way things have, you know, grown and Kempo 5.0, you know, coming back to other items as well that, you know, you are known for that I personally love that I consider practical is, you know, working with Eskrimas. So to me, it is one of the most practical weapons out there because you can find a stick anywhere. <laughs> what got you started wanting to practice with those and also you know, I, I, you never see it really anywhere, um, you know, except for the perfect weapon, maybe. But other than that, I don't really see it anywhere. But to, in my eyes, it's one of the most practical weapons out there to train in. Yes. And, and I think you've highlighted it just right. The place where the sticks and the knives come in, in Kempo, is much farther up the food chain. You're, you're not going to start defending against sticks until you get way up there, green belt, into brown belt. And then as you go on through the levels of black belt, your required form for fourth degree black belt is the stick kata of tempo, which is form number seven. And then there's one more, your requirement for fifth degree black belt, which is form eight, which is the tempo knife form. So there are sticks and knives that are indigenous to the art that are a big, big, big part of the art, but they're not taught until much later on because the chances of you and I having to defend against a stick or a knife or a gun is far less likely than just doing an empty hand exchange. So you hone those skills of empty hands and then morph them into dealing with a stick and a knife and a gun when your skill set is very high. That's the thinking of Kempo as opposed to some of the other Filipino arts. Day one, you put a stick in your hand. Not not that in camp. And then you figure out how to do that technique minus the stick, minus the knife. We do it from the other way around. We go empty hands way up the food chain, and then you put a stick in your hand, and then you put a knife in your hand. And that makes total sense because, you know, you have to hone in on the craft. And, you know, you really do weed out martial artists at that point because if you truly feel it in your soul, you realize that it is a lot of repetition so it comes as second nature to you. Right. Thoughtless motion. So you can react and move faster than you can think. And, and that's really the, the goal here. If you're going to learn a martial art that has street application, and you and I both know many martial arts have very little, if any, street application, which this is the point that the MMA guys make, and they're not wrong. 
they they look at traditional martial arts and they go, you guys are, you know, it's a nice exercise. Congratulations. But you can't fight your way out of a wet paper bag. And by and large, they're right. But they're not right with Kempo. And they're they're even more incorrect when you start talking about Kempo 5.0, because we brought your skill set into our martial arts. We, we are now into our 19th year of Kempo 5.0. And my original intent was to create black belts who could care less whether they're standing up or on the ground, that they have such an equal balance of the skill set. You want to start on the ground? Great. You want to start standing up and go to the ground? Great. I could care less. And that is what I've been able to establish. Now, I'm not that guy because I didn't start grappling until 10 years ago and I'm 66 and I've had cancer. So the truth is I got 12, 15 seconds on the ground where I can be very effective and then I'm going to run out of gas. So the ground system that I have to be comfortable with has to be extremely aggressive because you could wait me out you can just lay on top of me and in 10, 15 seconds, I'm going to be out of gas and you're going to take my wallet and go have dinner. Um, and, and that's my goal is to learn how to be an effective ground fighter in a very few seconds, not a two minute round. Definitely. You know, and that's the key too, because if, if you are going to, you know, a two minute round, that is sport martial arts. In reality, I don't want to be rolling around with you on the sidewalk for more than a few seconds. Exactly. If at all. Exactly. The whole idea is to, you know, deflect that and save yourself or somebody else from, you know, further harm or anything else. Now, you know, with that then, you know, developing all these things and Kempo 5.0 and this career you've been on for all these, you know, all these years and so many different things, I guess with that, over all these years, continuing on, do you ever look back and you're like, this has been a wild roller coaster of a life? <laughs> Boy, I mean, you just said a mouthful. I see that. You know, we all do. When, when you really get into something, whatever, tennis, violin, martial arts, it doesn't matter. You have a tendency. And, and if you're a goal-oriented person, you're a success-oriented person, you will have a tendency to really drill down. You'll dig in, you'll put on the blinders, and you'll go, okay, let's get to work. And over that period of time, and of course, martial arts, as you mentioned, is years and years and years of practice. <clears throat> over that time, you might lose the perspective of what else is going on out there in the world because you're so committed to what you're doing. And this is really the point of Kempo 5.0. I'm trying to get people to wake up and look at this and go, you know, even though Kempo is all that and was all that as a stand-up art, it's second at um, But if you think you're going to be able to avoid being taken to the ground by even a bad jiu-jitsu guy, more or less if you face a good one, you're just crazy. It's never going to work. And you hear this nonsense from the older Kempo guys. Oh, I would, I'd never let anybody take me down or I'll poke him in the eye or I'll buy that, that just is nonsense. And you're setting your students up to get really hurt <clears throat> because you go to do something like poke him in the eye or kick him in the groin or whatever. Any MMA fighter, any jiu-jitsu guys go, oh, you want to play that way? Okay. And now you're going to have a lot of trouble because they're not going to hold back. So you need to learn how to navigate those waters when you're on your back. When you're on the ground and somebody's mauling you and climbing all over and canceling every chance you have to punch or kick or block or whatever, what are you going to do then? 
And if you don't have an answer to that, then you might as well start writing bad checks and give me your credit cards because he's he, he or she is going to do whatever they want to you. Definitely. You know, and with that then too, you know, because of all of this, you know, and, you know, like I said, you want to learn how to defend it quick, do things like that. Now, you know, as you mentioned, you know, getting up there, been doing this for a long time, you know, you know, life, life never stops. Are we ever going to get that memoir from you? A nice thick book about the life of Jeff Speakman? I, the answer is yes. And you know, the funny thing is I've sat down a couple of times to address that, to start to write it, to just lay out a, a thing for me to look at, to reflect, you know, to get an overview of the whole thing. And every time I go to do that, <clears throat> I'm so involved in the thinking of what's coming next and what I'm trying to do next. I go, okay, this isn't the time to write that book because th- I'm going to write the book and then I'm going to have to do another book because I'm now I'm moving into this and now I'm moving into that. And now we're still growing and now we're in Bolivia and Australia and in Germany and Italy and where, where do I stop and go, okay, now is the time to reflect. And I'm not sure what the answer is to that. There is a very strong drive inside of me to do that, but not yet. Well, you know, you got, you got many years to go yet on that, but I guess, you know, with that then, uh, you know, with these, these memoirs, I'm sure you got a lot of good stories in there. And, and one of them pulling way back to the beginning then, because I, I heard this in a, in a rumor and I'm not sure if it's true or not. So, this this one, tell me if I'm right or wrong. Were you part of originally going to be part of the script for for Speed before Keanu Reeves got it? That is 100% correct. Uh, Paramount owned that script. So the perfect weapon comes out. It does amazing. It beats everybody's expectations. The president of Paramount on down is thrilled to have me locked up for four movies. And so the perfect weapon was not only a success, but most importantly, a financial success. So now they're really motivated to move forward with the whole Speakman Paramount thing. We got one right out of the box. So I would hear things like, you know, this guy's are a combination of Bruce Lee and Bruce Willis, or we can make a Schwarzenegger who can do karate. Those were the kinds of comments that were coming out of Paramount through my agents and lawyers and managers back to me saying, this is what they think. This is where we're going. You've got a four picture deal. So, okay, let's go. Then the president of Paramount was fired shortly after perfect weapon came out because of problems with uh, Godfather three. And with that person went, many other people of course they clear an entire department and when the next person comes in my contract was with paramount not with that guy but that's not the reality of how things work in la or in hollywood when you when you come in and you sign you're signed with that guy so if the next person came in and did another speakman movie and it was great then the other person would get the credit for it the, the person who is no longer there. So instead of doing another Speakman movie, they have to pay you a holding fee for a year. They do that and they do nothing. And the frustrating thing, which I've experienced many times in my life, and I'm sure I'm not alone on this, you do everything right. You exceed expectations in every way. 
even financially, and you stole those. Can someone explain that to me? And the only explanation is ego, which is what I just highlighted to you. This, this is what the problem is. And uh, so, you know, I'm not very high on the food chain after one movie. So they decide they're not going to do any more Speakman movies. And they put me on the shelf and they do nothing. But they're holding me up for a year because they have a year of responsibility of paying me to hold me. And that's the cheapest way for them to get out of it. Because if they were going to drop my contract, they would have to buy me out. And that's a heck of a lot more money than just paying my my holding fee and putting me on the ship. Now, that decision is completely on them, not on me. I I can't go, oh, come on, guys. They don't care what I think. They have their agenda and they're going to force it through. They had a script that they owned called Speed. And before they did that, they gave it to me and I read it at, I was sitting at the desk in Paramount, read it in like an hour, loved it, called my agent managers and lawyers. We locked it up. They hired a writer to start doing rewrites of how the bus was going to stop to get Speakman off the bus. So we could have a fight scene and put him back on the bus. So that rewrite was already happening. They, they, they owned the script. They hired the writers and the producers. They're spending money on the next Speakman movie. Then that person gets fired at Paramount. A new person comes in and takes a bunch of scripts, Speed being one, and what they say, put in turnaround, where they make it available to other studios to buy if you want, which Universal picked it up. My lawyers and agents went nuts and called Paramount. What the hell are you doing? You're the one that wants to do this. You're the one hired the writer would make it a speaking movie. Why did you sell it? Oh, God, I'm sorry. I forgot. I'll get it back. And of course, they tried to get it back and couldn't. Keanu Reeves launched his whole career off of what was supposed to be the second Speakman movie at Paramount. Well, you know, and it's one of those things, like you said, it's the the breaks. I mean, it's an amazing story of how that came about and, you know, nothing new to the way Hollywood works. But, you know, it, it's one of those where, you know, you clearly had to move on. And this is, I guess... This comes back to being a martial artist because, I mean, something like that and that kind of devastating blow can make or break somebody. And being a martial artist, you had to kind of refocus, realign, realize what's important and move on to the next thing. Right. Right. Exactly. Now, that's really was compounded because the before I signed with Paramount, I signed with the guy that had produced the first three Van Damme movies. I signed with him for four movies. He then assigned those to Paramount when they wanted me, which means he came along with my deal with Paramount. And he negotiated himself a very handsome contract, which made it almost impossible to get rid of him if they wanted to. They wanted to. They had a a terrible time with him and they couldn't. So they either had to take him with Speakman or just not do any movies with Speakman, and they decided not to do any movies. Well, you know, I, I look at it as that's their loss because, you know, coming off Perfect Weapon, it was hot, it was new, it was different, it was fresh. And, you know, but you've thrived since then. You've overcome so many different things. Like I said, you know, from then, you moved on to, you know, Kempo 5.0 and all these different items and, you know, even, you know, nonprofits and speaking, I guess. But, how often do you go out and people who aren't practicing martial artists, you know, over the years, 
have recognized you or talked with you and they were still just, you know, enamored by what you've done? Um, many, 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 but more on the earlier years, as you could imagine. Um, sometimes I get more recognized in airports and stuff like that, but I'm a lot older. I'm bigger. I've continued my bodybuilding and weight training for the last 30 years. So I'm walking the earth at between 255 and 260. When I did Perfect Weapon, I was just under 200. So I look different. I'm older. I've got a gray beard. So I'm not recognized nearly as much. But when people do, they see my name. Still a lot of people recognize. They'll go, hey, are you related to that guy that did that movie? You know, and I, was like, I am the guy that did that movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you look so different. And, well, okay, I'm 35 years older, you know. Um, it's not over yet, but it's closer. So, uh, but it is still great. I, I love it. I have always loved, like, what we're doing now. I love being out there with the press and meeting people and, and it, because it gives me the opportunity to try to make the world a better place before I'm gone because of the spirit I bring to things I've now shared with you and your audience, the, the true essence of who I am and where I'm coming from and what I hope to accomplish before I die. And, and these are really important things. And every single part, we're in, we're in 21 countries now, every single person who's with me, every black belt, every school owner knows their job is to change the world one community at a time by bringing the true essence of the martial arts in, by holding people accountable, making sure we maintain the integrity and standards that Kempo used to be known for, and to evolve the art to keep it relevant to make sure. One of the great quotes from Ed Parker is, the ignorant refuse to study and the intelligent never stop. A real martial artist pursues change. He's not afraid of it. So that's exactly who we are. Well, and those are the words that like tru truly spoken. I mean, because you have to evolve. You have to be true to who you are. You have to never lose that integrity, that perseverance, that, that you know, inside of you, that internal drive. But at the same time, making the world a better place, outward facing, whether that's even, you know, like myself, it's being that role model for my children or the students when I teach and things like that. So to me, it's, it is that same kind of holding yourself to a standard. And I, I think you, you, you nailed it on there. And um, I guess with that, I don't want to keep you too long because we've been chatting about all different things here, but I guess before we, before we do go, I guess, you know, what does 2024 hold for Mr. Speakman? Well, and with any kind of luck, more of the same. Because I can honestly tell you that I am very happy. Uh, I'm experiencing love with, with the woman that I've now been married to. We've been together 10 years on an incredible level. And that is really the best part of being human is to be able to love someone the way I love my wife and the way she loves me. So we lead with that. And then the rest falls in line. And you will attract people into your life who are of like energies. So you deal drugs and you do that's the group you're going to be running with. You live on a higher vibratory plane, pursuing love and friendship and being trying to help one another. You're going to bring those kind of people into your life. And the, the, the single greatest accomplishment of my life is the ability to have brought those like-minded people literally from all over the world under one roof, under one umbrella, 
where it is the love and the friendship we have for each other is clearly number one and karate is way down the line in two or three or something like that. Now, if those words resonate with people that are listening, then you should try to find me. If, if that's not what you're after, please don't try and find me. Just go on with your life and I'll go on with mine. And we're, we're all going to the same place. We, we just in the last few months lost three different people way too young in our whole 5-0 family. They, they, they died way before their time and it has rocked our world. But it reminds you that there's such a thin veil between life and afterlife or life and non-life, however you want to look at it. And what that should do is not scare you. It should motivate you into being a better person to try to do the best you can to make the world a better place. Because not only are you going to go, you are going to go at any time. You have no idea. Like I fought my stage four throat cancer in 2013. That, you know, half the people that went through what I did aren't here anymore. So, and I lived and I made it past that. And man, the clarity I had coming out of that experience was okay. Whatever heartbeats I got left in this earth, uh, I'm going to spend them doing what I love and trying to make the world a better place. Well, you know, and with that, then I guess it seems like 2024 is going to be looking up for you. You've overcome so many different things. And if anybody does want to seek you out or Kempo 5.0 or, you know, like you mentioned, they have the online courses, things like that as well. Where can they reach you or check you out online? Uh, just easy. Go to jeffspeakman.com. You will see how to where all the schools are around the world. You'll be able to contact me. We have an online academy, which has been going on for three years now, which is just blowing up like crazy because we have the entire system on video and written out and available to every single student around the world 24-7 on any device. And it makes it very easy for people to learn the art who don't have a Kempo 5.0 school close to them. Very cool. So it's really easy, everybody, to check it out. Any of our listeners tuning in that want to check it out, you know, look into it. And if you don't want to check out how to learn Kempo, you know, definitely check out uh, Jeff's earlier works with Perfect Weapon, uh, The Expert, Street Night, a lot of the great action movies from those early 90s eras that everybody loved during that time, you know, at in that early 90s was full of martial arts and action, so it was always fun. So thank you once again, Jeff, for stopping in, chatting with us, talking about so many different things uh, all over the board, your entire career, life, movies, so much more. So thank you for taking this time, stopping in, and um, I'm looking forward to see what 2024 is going to be bringing uh, as I'm following your career. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm indebted to you for your just being kind enough to reach out to me and give me this opportunity. So you call and I'll be there. From Orion Home Video, a hot new action adventure starring Jeff Speakman. <laughs> the Expert. Surveillance Eagle. John Lomax has spent his life preparing for combat. You want to be on a team? You want to be out there for real? You want to get the bad guys? You got to get through me first. But nothing could prepare him for Martin Kagan. Excuse me. Can I help in any way? A psychopath who tracks down Lomax's sister. Hello? <laughs> and savagely kills her in cold blood. DA really wants to fry his ass on this one. Is that him, Mr. Lomax? And when Lomax turns to the system for justice... 
justice turns its back. Martin Kagan will have the opportunity to thrive in a hospital environment. I'm a very sick man. And that's when John Lomax said to hell with the system. This personal business is tricky stuff. Sure wish you'd let me go with you. You know I gotta go this alone. James Brolin. We all have a dark place. And I don't like to visit mine. But I will if I have to. Michael Shaner of Lethal Weapon. I stand here before you as a responsible member of society. Alex Datcher of Passenger 57. Wolfgang Bodison of A Few Good Men. Was it really worth it? Elizabeth Grayson of Marked for Death. Why don't you let me buy you a drink and we'll just talk about it. And a special appearance by Jim Varney. You were the best, John. You never should have quit. The expert. He looks like anyone else you'd pass on the street. Give me your money now, sucker. Except for one thing. You want my money? Huh? Is this what you want? He has a slight attitude. No problem. Paramount Pictures presents international Kenpo star, Jeff Speakman. Should be more respectful of our organization. Is there a problem here? Yeah. Guess so. Hey, Terminator, I don't know where you came from, but you better go back. Those guys are golden this. You're a dead man. What's going on, everybody? It's Cody here. I hope you're all having a wonderful week, wherever you may be. Really hope you enjoyed hearing from our guest this week, Jeff Speakman, as he chatted with Jonathan just earlier here. I'm very excited to share with you my pick this week as it includes our guest, Jeff. And there were a few options I could have gone with this week, but uh, for this week I'm going to go with the 1991 film The Perfect Weapon. Part of the reason I chose this one is because it's got easy access to it. It's on YouTube for free, so you can go ahead and watch it anytime, and as mentioned, absolutely free. Can't get much easier than that, folks little brief insight into what the movie is all about. Jeff Speakman's character, also conveniently named Jeff, is on the task of avenging his youth martial arts instructor's death. And this movie is just action upon action in the typical 90s fashion that it was back in the day. And if you're a fan of martial arts movies, doesn't matter who you're a fan of. Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris even, you know, we'll throw him in there. He's a good one. Steven Seagal. Any of these guys, if you're into any of that stuff, this is one you're going to have to put on your bucket list to watch if you haven't already. The martial arts is fantastic, and it's going to keep you glued to the seat watching more and more. Starring alongside Jeff in this 1991 thriller is John Dye as Detective Adam Sanders, James Hong as young Dante Bosco, who you may recognize from Hook, he's Rufio, 
and also Mariska Hargitay also stars in this movie. So you've got some got some familiar faces in this one as well, which is great because I always love watching movies uh, from actors that uh, you're so used to seeing them in a certain role, and then you find them when they're a lot younger and didn't get that uh, that break. You know what I mean? Before they hit their big break, so it's always fun watching actors uh, in their lesser-known roles, we'll call it that. But this, like I said, this is a great movie to watch if you're a martial arts fan or if you love action. And uh, even if you're just a huge fan of the 90s, this is one you got to put on there, a nice early 90s movie for you. And after you're done watching The Perfect Weapon, go on back and check out some of these other movies that Jeff Speakman was in. His film resume includes titles such as Striking Range alongside Lou Diamond Phillips, Street Night, the Expert, and Lionheart alongside Jean-Claude Van Damme. So go ahead, check out those other movies that this week's guests have been on. I'm sure you will not be disappointed, and I will see you here next week. Make it a great one. Beautiful. But support the leg. When I started Cobra Kai... The lack of control over my business made me a little intense. But now I practice a different philosophy. QuickBooks helps me get paid, manage cash flow, and run payroll. And now I'm back on top with Koala Kai. Hey! More mercy. Save over 40 hours a month with Intuit QuickBooks, the easy way to a happier business. Hey, all you Diz fans, it's Randy Heller from Cobra Kai, and you are listening to Diz Radio. Message for you, son. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. Hey, listen. Will you stop this foolishness? What foolishness would you like to see? Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Hey there, D-Heads. Oh, you know, I kind of wonder, do we still refer to y'all as D-Heads anymore? Is that a thing? I don't know. You know, I guess I haven't been paying much attention. So I've been kind of behind on everything. Life's been kind of crazy. But, uh, all right, so I'm going to fly into a weird direction with something to talk about for this kind of unique guest. And I'm sure most of you can hopefully relate to this because, uh, well, at least with young boys and probably some girls maybe growing up, you know, you might have been more imaginative than uh, than athletic or whatever you were into. I don't know. But as a young boy, as a, as a little kid, I'm, I've am i never been a natural athlete. I just don't have the skills for it. I mean, I did try to play rotational softball one time uh, in, I think, the fifth, fourth or fifth grade. And uh, we only won two games the entire season during the summer, and they were because we played the same team twice, and we the only team that we could beat. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was uh, I got a trophy for, like, and I still have it over here on my windowsill for most improved player because I started from zero pretty much. And then, you know, I gained a little bit of, a, of some skills, some batting skills, a little bit of fielding skills, but, you know, nothing really to write home about. But, you know, I've just never been an athlete. So when I would go out to play with my friends... What would I do? I, You know, we weren't playing sports like uh, I guess you'd see a lot of boys would do. You know, we, you know, we might go ride bikes or whatever. But uh, my biggest toy was my imagination. And uh, so me and my friend, we'd had a lot of adventures going through the yards. And uh, Wiffle Ball Bat was my sword and that kind of thing. And we'd, we'd adventure down through the neighborhood and wander on different things. But, of course, here, here's where I tie this in with today's guest. So you would always fancy yourself... You're a ninja of some sort. When you know, I mean, I mean, this was like the the 80s, and you know, Ninja Turtles being a thing, and uh, you, you know, 
the, the action stars were Steven Seagal and, you know, stuff like that. You know, martial artists and, you know, Karate Kid was one of the big movies, you know. So that was whatever we were. We were, you know, whatever story we'd come up with, that was who we were. We was, you know, some sort of mess of martial artists, barbarian, ninja, whatever, spy, whatever we were. You know, we'd run around uh, all over the neighborhood with that kind of thing and just imagine ourselves to be these great martial artists. And, heck, there was one storyline that we kept revisiting. Uh we we had a couple of characters that we were like we were teenage ninja spies. <laughs> we were going to high school and we were disguising ourselves. We were supposed to be like normal high school students. Of course, you know we're only like, you know, eight or nine or ten or something like that. You know, we're little kids. So <laughs> so we're pretending we're like we're teenagers that we're actually spies because we were ninjas and nobody knew. And uh, by the time we come with our you know and and every every one of these things in my head was was a movie of its own story, every different little story, but we'd revisit characters and we'd have new adventures with them. And I remember by the second one, my character had become, uh, got cursed and became a dragon. <laughs> and I won't even tell you what I had to do to break the curse of myself. It's, it's that bad. It really is that bad. <laughs> but yeah, did anybody else ever play like that, that your imagination was your greatest toy? And I suppose it's kind of worked out that way. I mean, I've, I grew up kind of poor, so I, I've got more toys now as an adult than I ever had as a kid and they're all over my walls and everywhere else. But my imagination was always my greatest toy. Uh, but how about you? Uh, you know, did you have an active imagination when you are younger? And this is, I mean, this led me to, I wrote some stories and whatever and come up with things. And maybe being creative has worked out because now I'm creating ads for a uh, local television station around here. But let us know. Send us an email. Yeah, I'm curious what all you used to imagine. And of course, because my crazy imagination, you can find that craziness over at neverlandpodcast.com. Or you can just search us. The Fandom Nexus is the name of the podcast currently. Uh, you can find us, of course, everywhere. And we're having a lot of fun over there. So I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. And I will talk to you next week. Listen up, D-Heads. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. But don't worry. We got you covered at Diz Radio. Now, back to the show. All right, all of you D-Heads, I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fun romp once again, as always, and we are into March. My Shamrock Shake is almost gone. I've been having a blast here all show long talking with Jeff Speakman, the D-Team stopping in, so I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the one and only Grandmaster Jeff Speakman for stopping in here this week, having that chat with us, sitting down, talking about all the different things. Definitely check him out online as well, and just... If you want to watch a great action movie, watch The Perfect Weapon, The Experts, so many others out there. Street Night, he has a lot of great 90s action flicks out there as well. So thank you, Jeff, for stopping in, taking time out of your busy day for chatting with us and all the G-Heads. I'd also like to thank the D-Team once again for stopping in and having a little bit of that fun and enjoyment for all of you D-Heads out there. Yes, from Frank, Cody, Dominic, Jeremy, Aaron, everybody stopping in here this week. Remember, you can always connect up with the D-Team on our official website. And speaking of our official website, and first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news feed, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com. Again, that's D-I-Z Radio. You can also connect up with us all over social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, X, Snapchat. We are all over the place. Just go to our website at DizRadio.com. Find all those links there as well. And if you want chances to win every single week from Blu-rays, DVDs, autographs, swag, you name it, 
Join up our Facebook group at facebook.com slash the Diz Radio Show. Join up with us there where we are giving away prizes to our top engagers every single week. And if you want to get the latest shows as they get released right there on your device to listen to, you can go to the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio app, you name it, just the podcast app of your choosing. Search Diz Radio, hit subscribe, and get the latest shows as they get released right there to listen to my beautiful voice and the D-team every single week instantly. And remember, if you can't remember any of these, because I like to ramble fast, go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com and find all these links there as well. And finally, the one thing I forgot to mention that I love to mention, thank you, the D-Heads, once again. You are the reason we've been coming back at you for the last 14 years. Yes, 14 years as we are kicking into 2024 here. So thank you, the D-Heads, for making the show what it is. So next week, we are continuing on into March, getting that much closer to St. Patrick's Day. Lots of fun things coming up, and we have a very special guest stopping in here next week. But I don't really know how to give you a clue without giving it away, so I'm just going to have to leave you at that. So go out there, get a shamrock shake, have some fun, break some boards, join a martial arts class, but most of all, slow down, take time, and never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. So go out there and make the magic happen this weekend. So go out there and have a kung fu kind of night, a karate-filled weekend, and I'll catch you next week. Thank you for tuning into the Diz Radio Show. The thoughts and comments expressed are those of the show and do not reflect any company or guest heard on our program. 
Now go on and relive the magic, fun, excitement, and appreciation from your lifetime of memories. See you real soon!